Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. I do believe that people mm-hmm. should 
should be treated fairly, they should be paid fairly, and they should be able to have a work-life balance. You shouldn't have to work like a slave who just so happens to get a check. You know, if you got something going on in your family, you need time off, you should be able to take time off without fear of losing your job. But as far as striking goes, I think sometimes that's just what you got to do to get people's attention. No, but no, no. But the question are, what what side are you on? Are you on the, yeah, let's go and strike? I'm on the strike side. Are you, I'm kissing the boss's ass because I want to be on the strike side. Well, let me finish. Let me give the options. Okay. Are you on the, yeah, let's go ahead and strike, or I'm trying to be a boss one day myself, so I'm kissing the boss's asses so much that I couldn't dare strike, or you're on the, the frazzle, oh, my God, I need my job, I need my job, so I'll never strike. Where are you? I'm on the strike side. Okay. Because I feel like I said, you should be able to get what's fair. And when you when you go to your management and you say, look, this is what's wrong, this is a problem we need or I need you to correct it. And if you're not the only one and everybody's being mistreated or underpaid, then you collectively tell management what your desires are or your needs. And if management basically says go fly a kite, then go on strike. Go to the media. Yeah. Sometimes what you got to do. There's a, uh, also another strike going on in Minnesota. There's a big nurses strike. Mm. The nurses are tired of taking the abuse. Mm. They're working long hours. They've got uh, short staff. You know, a lot of people have left the profession, and it's all kind of crazy stuff going on. So they said, you know what, we're going out on strike until we get what we want. Wow. So what side are you on, Kevin? Um, first of all, why were they striking? From better wages or something, or long hours? Oh, the wages is always it. You know, well, nowadays with, with with the backdrop of COVID, you know, people are burnt out, you know. Why? You can only be dedicated for so long. After a while, it gets abusive, you know. Why? And but you're that's the why one they always rely on. Right, but that's why yeah. a lot of people have changed their profession. As far as um, in the mm-hmm. health field, it's a lot of people have left the health field. Um, teaching field as well. Oh um, yeah, a lot of people have left that. Um, because I, I believe, right? But but my point is, is those people are underpaid and overworked. Why right. do you have to work a twenty-four hour shift sometimes? You know, as a nurse or a doctor, or whatever. That doesn't make any sense to me because the body can take only so much, and because exactly. the body needs needs sleep. So, um, whoever thought of that concept, it just doesn't make sense to me. Or even 12-hour shifts. You know, those 12-hour shifts that the nurses do, that's a lot. That's, that's very demanding. Yeah, I think 12 it is a lot. Cut down to, right. It should be cut down to maybe 9 or 10 hours at the most, at least 10 yeah. hours, and then maybe you get an hour for lunch or something. I you know, you got to take a break. Yeah, so I will be on the striking side. That's just that's my point. Um, mm-hmm. You know, people feel their jobs and everything, but like you said, rewind, sometimes you got to take a stand. You know, enough is yeah. enough. Or just get out of that profession altogether if, if you're able to, you know, go to uh, another profession and just start fresh. That's why a lot of people are inventing things because they want to be their own boss. I mean, mm-hmm. from coffee to teas. I just saw an article about two black guys started a coffee and tea business. I guess they, hey, it was a, cor- a lot of people in the corporate world and they want to get out of that. And they want to just yeah. have their own business and just have their own. So. 
Yeah, I'm forced right here. I saw an article several months ago about these two women. I can't remember if they were teachers or not, but they quit whatever it was their job was, and they started mm-hmm. trucking. So oh, they got wow. there. They went and got some money together, got a loan or something, and got a truck, one of those big, you know, big rigs. And mm-hmm. that's what they've been doing. They start picking up contracts <laughs> to to truck, you know, haul stuff and whatever. Mm-hmm. And they, that's what they were doing. And they love it. Hey. Yeah. You got to do what you love. You know, that's what they say. If it's something yeah. that you don't enjoy every morning, it's time to quit. <laughs> time to do something different, you know. Oh. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So, Papa mm-hmm. Didi, your your standpoint on that was? Uh, well, you know, I... Uh, Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> puckering up, Kettle. Puckering up. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, kiss the boss's butt. Yeah, I'm in the major boss <laughs> kissing ass. Oh, uh, my know. God. Okay, okay, I, I just, okay. You know what I mean? Hey, I'm hobnobbing. <laughs> I'm hobnobbing, you know, because I want to be a boss one day, and I'm hobnobbing. So, mm-hmm. And I'm going to make friends with everybody and act like, uh, you know, I'm going to act like I'm your friend and all, but deep down inside... Mm-hmm. Y'all go to strike, and you know, I'm gonna go the other way because I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to get mine, you know. Turn you know, I'm, I'm actually, I'm, I'm, I'm BSing. Believe me, I got news for you. I'm all for the strike <laughs> because you know the, the strike will let you know who's your who's your friend in the job market. Because you got a lot of people with the example I just gave that are just like that. You think you know your coworker, but I got news for you. Some of them are turncoats mm-hmm. like you wouldn't believe, mm-hmm. and they ain't with it. They they're being the eyes and the ears full of bosses. Oh, it's it's crazy out there. It's crazy out there. So I just okay. wish everybody's mm-hmm. striking the best of luck. Yeah. And and go for it. Stay strong. Hang in there. But the one thing my daddy told me a long time ago, and I'll put this out there: if you lose something during the strike, if you don't work, remember when you don't work, they ain't got to pay you. So whatever you lose during a strike that year, you're not gonna make it back. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you're out for three mm-hmm. months, if you're out for three months, ninety days to get a call, so all of a sudden we're gonna give you sixty percent raise. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But those ninety days, man, you're never gonna make that back. So that's finances loss. Mm-hmm. So I learned that from my daddy. Anyway. All right. Well, that wraps that one up. Mm-hmm. Oh, and by the way, it's 15,000 nurses on strike out there in Minnesota. 15,000. And the hospital started bringing in replacements, and they paid them like $8,000 to work for five days. Wow. Oh, yeah. That's what they did. That's that's what the mm-hmm. unions call scabs. They yeah, started yeah. bringing mm-hmm. in scabs. Yeah. They gave them eight the, grand and said, give us five days, and we'll give you 8000 Oh my God! Mm-hmm. You couldn't give these nurses right. the money they wanted. Yeah, you couldn't find money. Tabs. Mm-hmm. See that? Mm-hmm. Anyway, all right. Let's mm-hmm. get to the rundown. Cause I'm gonna get fired. That's the real up. money they got. Yeah. Mm-mm. All right, mm. you guys ready? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, we're ready. Um, Let's do it. <clears throat> all right. Um, yeah, that was a doozy there. Uh, in focus tonight. A follow-up on the um, the bank that asked the court to dismiss a lawsuit over a check cashing a refusal. Also, um, 45, God, I refuse to say his name, 
Lawyer sued by only um, black employees for using the N-word. And the NBA suspends and finds Phoenix Suns owner. Hmm. I have the cocktail of the week. Um, we're going to talk with Papa Didi. What's popping with Papa Didi? We're going to lighten it up with our weird news. A naked carpenter jailed again after being released. Okay. Um, what's this? Cloud Genicali, Frozen, Sylvester Stallone discovered in Alaska. I'm sorry, Australia. Um, and family <laughs> brawl erupted over cheese in a cane. Okay. I'm just saying with red wine, everybody matters. My Hollywood wrap-up is a lot to talk about in Hollywood. Um, the kissing list and the last word. So sit back, relax, and uh, we're going to get a favorite cocktail, and we're going to get into this in-focus topic. So I am number one, so I will start. All oh, right. Okay. This is a, this is a follow-up on uh, this black woman that was in the um, Fifth Third Bank. Uh, the bank is requesting that the court dismiss a discrimination lawsuit filed by um, Lizzie Pugh. She was 71. An older lady goes in the bank, gives the bank, she wants to, uh, you know, cash a $12,000 check, and they give her the runaround. So according to the um, Detroit Press, um, the bank in Michigan claims um, in its 23-page response filed by U.S. court that um, its staff members involved with doing their job in the incident was a misunderstanding that had nothing to do with race. Don't believe that. Right. Um, so the bank right. uh Ed Lloyd, uh, might have put him on the kiss the list, in a statement um, as part of his, uh, its fraud prevention measures, the bank employee was attempting to confirm the check with Soaring uh, Eagle Casino. He further stated that the bank has um, verified records of a call made from the branch to the casino on the April afternoon. Um, so uh, Deborah Gordon, Pew's attorney, believes that the bank mistreated her client because she was black. Okay. Um the Free Press reported that Gordon referred to the bank's recent explanation as a bunch of bulls. Okay. Pointing out that um, three-fifths third staffers told uh, customers her check was fake. Wouldn't open an account as requested and initially refused to return her winnings. So they're not trying to give a woman back her check. So her concern in leaving is they would not return her check they had it in the bank office, and she kept begging them to call the casino. Um, they had taken her checks from her and said Gordon um, of her client, according to the um, free press. Gordon also mm-hmm. refuted uh, claims from the bank that it handled the situation properly, adding that her client was able to take the uh, check down the street to Chase Bank and deposit it right away. Okay. So... But this bank, bank wants, um, yeah, the bank wants the court to dismiss um, her claims. I guess she's, you know, she's claiming foul, and uh, maybe she's still in the bank. I don't blame her. I mean, even if she doesn't get anything out the deal, just the point that either they're going to apologize or, you know, maybe she might get something out of it monetary. But um, just, you know, make just make the point that hey. Just because I'm black and I got all this money don't mean that, you know, it was stolen or whatever. It's legit. So That's right. 
Yeah. So I wish her the best. Hope everything, you know, works out for her. But at least she deposited in Chase, so she's going to deal with Chase now. So they uh, effed up. <laughs> they missed out on 12 grand. So. Mm-hmm. I- I'm still trying to understand how is this bank, that guy you mentioned, Lloyd somebody, how are they mm-hmm. even fixing their mouth to say, oh, it was all a misunderstanding, uh, they took the check, our, our people took the check in the back to try to verify it and all. I'm like, no, y'all didn't. Y'all told mm-hmm. that woman straight up, this is a fraudulent check. But if, if they claim they called the casino, they could tell us. Match the name up with what, you know, her ID and everything is. Because, you know, when you win a, a large amount of money like that in the casino, you have to show ID. So if the name matches with what she said in her ID, I mean, come on, man. Really? You know, so. Of course, you know, the bank denies all allegations of the complaint. And um, they want the court to to dismiss, you know, know, the uh, claim. So, but... uh, yeah, like I said, I, I want I want to see what's going to happen with that. What's your what's your uh, uh, views on it, Papa? You quiet over there. You know what? It's very interesting that you said that because you know what gets me too is not only is it racist, but then they want to treat you like a child and say, "No, we're not giving you the check back." Well, first of mm. all, okay, well then they call the police or something. Mm-hmm. You know right. what I mean? Like let's 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 get this party started. Bring All more right. people in on this. How are you gonna say, mm-hmm. Oh, I need a check in the back? You know, the one thing you know you know the one surefire aspect of uh of discrimination is that the people that are discriminating against you, they wanna take a full lead over you completely. They just wanna dominate you on all four sides. If you haven't mm-hmm. noticed that, when you go somewhere and people are discriminating on you anywhere, I mean, I, you know, as as a black man, I you know, I see it all the time, every day, anywhere you walk into. I remember one time I was in Chicago and I walked in Tiffany's, and I'm walking around looking at the different things in the counter, you know, and I just felt like eyes was all over my ass the whole time I was in there, and everything was in a cabinet locked up in a. But it was like a kind of circular lobby kind of thing where you can go in and look at all the stuff. But security was here and people was there. And, you know, it was like the whole time I was in here. So I kind of did the little round robin thing and looking at, you know, Tiffany's has all kind of unique stuff. And I did Mm -hmm. the whole round robin thing and I found myself with the eyes being pushed right out the door five minutes later. You know what I mean? It's like I felt like nobody in there cared what not I had ten thousand dollars in my pocket and if i pulled out the 10 grand they would have questioned it that's how much we were we we're so like already just you know they just think we just hood rats just happen to roll in the door so it's, it's it's scary and and i only said all that about the uh the way they they took her check and said no we're not giving it okay if you're not giving it back to me then what the hell are you going to do with it exactly we're going to go back there and tear it up Nobody looked at the check to see, like they said, you had a the casino's uh, logo on the check and all that mm-hmm. jazz. So, therefore, whoever it was connected to is connected. You know, a, a check is an ultimate paper trail, right? So, mm-hmm. damn, follow, follow the money. But no, no, mm-hmm. get out. Get out of our bank. 
We got the check. You're not getting it back. Like, whoa, damn, what are you, my daddy? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Call the police. Like I said, let's get more people involved in this. So, yeah, mm-hmm. hell yeah, they should, they should, they should get, get them. Get them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Let that fucking attitude be changed. Excuse the expression. Anyway, she didn't have to you know, be forced to go somewhere else. And she came in there to do business with mm-hmm. them, and they treated her right. almost like a criminal. And like you said, Chase followed the procedure is to look at mm-hmm. the, all those lines on the bottom of the check mean something. The mm-hmm. routing number. Now Chase probably pulled them up on, on in the back on, in the database and pulled up the routing number and said, "Oh, okay, that is uh, that's the casino's routing number." Okay, mm-hmm. and, and, and if you got to make a phone call, make a phone call. But right. when you see all the different things, and everybody, good experienced bankers know what a legitimate check looks like, mm-hmm. meaning the you know the nomenclature of a check, mm-hmm. not just you know. And you it's know. a simple procedure to validate it, yeah. verify it. You it know, was a simple phone call would have taken care of that. All they had to do was tell her, "Okay, just a moment, please." And then you go back there, you make a phone call, you find out that the check is legit, and then you keep it moving. Mm-hmm. But they just started out with the disrespect and the distrust right out the gate. But what bank was the mm-hmm. check drawn on? I don't know. It was okay. some um, wanted- little, little, little bank, um, fifth something, fifth third bank, something I never heard oh, of. Oh, so the bank, was, the bank was drawn on that particular check? Well, that's the oh, bank that um, she tried no, to go to. Oh, she, she probably just tried to go there. To. But she right, was yeah, trying to open up an account and leave money there. Yeah. I think yeah. when we read the story yeah. last time, she was trying to leave money there. So if somebody's right. opening up an account for 15000 they say, uh, I, w- I want to actually, I want to deposit ten, and you give me five. Well, damn. Yeah. That's a real horrible crook, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, keep keep watching on store. <laughs> well, all right, okay. all right. Mm-hmm. Well, as long as we're on the topic of unfair treatment, I got another one oh, for you. Lord. Oh boy! This one. So this is one of Trump's lawyers that is being sued by one of of, of wait a minute by her because I found out this is a woman. This lawyer is being sued by her only black employee for repeatedly using the N-word. You know, it's like this is becoming a trend now. People feel like they can just drop the N-word however they want to whomever they want and that they're going to get away with it. So anyway, this uh, woman attorney, Alina Habba, H-A-B-B-A, she represents Donald Trump in many battles with – New York Attorney General Letitia Adams. Mm-hmm. So now Haba is being sued by her former paralegal and who also is the only black employee that was working with this law firm, a woman named Nasaya Drayton. She's suing Haba for racist harassment. And one of her main allegations, now let me tell you, this is crazy. One of the main allegations from Ms. Drayton is that Haba's law firm partner, Michael Madeo, used the N-word repeatedly to get pumped up before court appearances involving Trump cases. So before they would go out there and you go into the courtroom, they would go in and uh, into this office, they would play 
like hardcore rap music that was saying the N-word, and they're in there shouting it right on top with the music, pumping themselves up. I ain't never heard anybody do this kind of stuff. Mm. But that's what they were doing. And here's this black paralegal out in her office like, what in the living freak is going on in here? Now, so that's part of the lawsuit. She was saying that it was just, you know, a racist environment. It was harassing and it was just a lot going on. So uh, it goes on to say that uh, the white lawyers crowded into the office with the door open, blasting rap music with lyrics that Miss Drayton found offensive, misogynistic, and racist. Now, the lyrics that uh, Miss Drayton particularly hated to hear, her white bosses trying to rap, uh, are attached to the lawsuit. So that her lawyers got the lyrics printed them out, I guess, and it's all attached to this lawsuit that was filed on August 19th. Uh, Some of the lyrics include the Rough Riders Anthem by DMX, Lil Wayne's Rich As F, where the lyrics go on to describe how the hoes want the rapper's hoes pipe and preferred sexual positions. Also attached is Lil Wayne's song Lollipop, where the lyrics uh, focus on oral sex and all of this. They're doing this in an open office trying to get themselves pumped up to go and defend Trump. This is really bizarre sounding to me. This should have been weird news. So uh, Ms. Drayton goes on to cite a time when the New York Attorney General Leisha Adams had ruled against Haba, who allegedly stormed down the hall yelling, I hate that black bitch. And see, she hears all this stuff. So that's part of, you know, why she said, I, I, first she quit, and then she filed a suit. So who's Haba? Haba is one of the lawyers that was defending What's her Trump. race? She is, uh, yeah. let me Middle see, what does she call Central? herself? Yeah, something like that. Oh, and then later on, <laughs> well, later on, she claimed that, because um, not only did she say all this kind of stuff, but she also was making derogatory anti-Semitic remarks about another attorney in the office who is Jewish. She refers to this attorney to his face as a cheap Jew, you know, things like this. And uh, Drayton Mm -hmm. went on to say that Haba maintains that she could not be a racist because she's Arab. So she calls herself, I'm Arab, so I can't be a racist. Yeah, like you catch some of them up and they say, oh, I'm black. How you, yeah. I am black myself. Yeah, the hell you mm, are mm, black. Mm. You wouldn't, be, you wouldn't mm. want to be a black American for five minutes. But can you just wow. imagine you working in a law firm and you hear the Rough Rider anthem blasting out of this office and these, this Arab woman and a white guy are in there rapping loud rap hardcore lyrics. And you're supposed to just sit there and do your job and ignore it and act like this is normal. That's crazy. They in there, the MF and the niggas this and nigga that, and I'm like, you know what? I think after I heard it one time, I would have had to get up out of there. Yeah, I agree. I would have been kind of afraid. I'm like, okay, is this what I, I think that I'm hearing? Or I would, you know, start taping some of that stuff, you know. Yeah. Um, just, That's what just, you should have done, record them. Yeah. 
But more people wow. feeling like they got freedom to just say what they want, do what they want, mm-hmm. and it's all good mm-hmm. with her mm-hmm. non-racist because I'm Arab, so I'm putting her on the kiss how, list. Good. That's how people get hurt, you know, and they wonder why people come back with, you know, guns and stuff and shoot up um, places where they used to work at. You know, I mean, just, you know. <laughs> Crazy stuff. Yeah, you're, you're right. It, it, sometimes it, it has a yeah. right. Mm-hmm. They look and they look at the person that came back and shooting like they were a, a shoot up bang bang person, but they sometimes mm-hmm. they had a purpose. You know, they look at. Right. I mean, you know, that's that's a really extreme what they did, but nobody's mm-hmm. looking at how it could have been prevented. That was the story behind that that newspaper over there in Virginia. Oh yeah, that yeah, happened. Uh, that. You know, yeah. two years back. Yeah. You know, they were trying to, everybody is taking, what's that? Yeah, the guy was, yeah, but they, yeah, and they put him on blast, you know, intentionally for something. I don't know the real story behind it, but, I mean, there's no excuse for killing people. Don't get me wrong at all. Mm -hmm. Man, people got to stop messing with people all the time. And the biggest thing I always Mm -hmm. say is that a lot of people go in hard with people when they got allied. Once people go around the office and they got 10, 12 people thinking like them, now they, they get more strength to, to keep on getting being crazy because four or five mm-hmm. people going down with them. And, and allies don't, don't never help nothing, not in the family or nowhere. Don't think because four or five family members is teaming up against you that the four or five people are worth a shit because you don't need nobody to go against somebody else. You could take on any member of your family by your damn self. So family members that grab other family members that team up against you, shit, knock them down like bowling balls. Anyway, yeah. bowling pins. Yeah. All right. Anyway, let's what's, move on. What's your in focus? My in focus is uh, this other situation on a racial tip as well. Mm. This is really surprising to me because I'm, I'm shocked because this is my team, you know. This is the... Phoenix Suns, who has uh, Chris Paul and the other brother, other light-skinned brother, I forget his name, um, Boozer, or I didn't, I didn't do my reference on him, but the whole team is, is stars, you know, and, and, and the owner, let's focus on the owner, he was suspended for a whole year. Now, this man owns the Phoenix Suns, and he owns the – the uh, Phoenix Mercury, the WNBA team, wow. owns them both. Now, he's filthy, dirty, rich. Anytime you pay Chris Paul and all the rest of them jokers big money, owners have got to be billionaires, you know? Mm-hmm. So anyway, the NBA on Tuesday suspended. His name is uh, Robert uh, Sarver, S-A-R-V-E-R. He's the owner of the Phoenix Suns and the Phoenix Mercury for one year and hit him with a $10 million fine. At the investigates uncovered racist and sexist uh, workplace conduct, officials said for the for the next year. They say they've been investigating him for a year of all the conduct and the things he says in the office and the way he's frisky and all that. Sounds like the Washington uh, generals to me, right? Yeah. Is that their name? Yeah, the that was the old same Redskins. problem. Okay. Mm-hmm. Those billionaires are real horny. They must have got big old Johnsons anyway. He was barred from the NBA and the WA. This is this is his his uh, punishment now. Mm-hmm. Ten million dollars, 
He's barred from the WNBA and NBA buildings, including any offices, arenas, practice facilities, or anything that has to do with the team. He can't go near it. Mm. All right? He also won't be allowed to participate in any NBA or WNBA events. He can't present the team in any kind of capacity, advertise for the team, promote the team, do any kind of basketball business operations or nothing that governs the NBA for an entire year, all right? The $10 million fine is the maximum allowed under league's rules, the NBA said, and is the biggest financial penalty ever handed down to one person in professional basketball history. The league probe was sparked by a November 4th ESPN story, which was a uh, chronologizing uh, long-standing allegations of racism and misogyny within the uh, Phoenix Suns operation. Sounds just like those. Uh, they don't like the generals. The generals, or mm-hmm. AKA uh, Redskins. Anyway, the uh, NBA commissioner in New York is based uh, law firm Walkett, Lemping, and Rosen and Katz. They want them to lead the probe, and the investigators interviewed. 320 people, including current and former team employees. They all said that that man says the N-word constantly every day. He can't help himself. It's crazy. Wow. All right. So he was also found to have engaged in instances of uh, inequitable conduct toward female employees, uh, sexual advancements and things of this nature, inappropriate comments about their physical appearance and uh, female employees and other women in the NBA found him to be just, everybody avoided him. What is wrong with these people? He was a mess. He's a billionaire and he's horny. So he thinks that that gives him the right to just say and do anything? That's just trifle. And finally, they said he also engaged in demeaning and harassed treatment of employees that, that constantly bullying the league found he reported detailed all five allegations of uh, Saber's use of the N-word, although he did not recall even saying the N-word, he said. Of course he doesn't Except remember. in connection with the 2012-2013 team building exercise. He is alleged to have noticed that a female employee, would un- he went un- she underwent breast augmentation surgery, and when they passed in the hallway, he said, uh, did you get an upgrade this summer? Oh, man. Okay. Anyway, so the comment left the employee shocked and offended. Okay. And he said there's all kind of other inappropriate situations that the man did. So it's just I never knew this. And I've seen this man a countless amount of times. And the Phoenix Suns have been in the finals. They've been in the playoffs. You know, they're a very proper team. He's a very proper guy. Always out there, roo, ha, 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 you know, with Chris Paul and, and Everything he else. He was a decent man. And I thought he was. I never knew that he was the, a pervert. Woo! A racist pervert. There you go. So he'll be gone next year. Oh yeah. I put him on the kiss it list. Robert Sarver. Robert Sarver. There you go. And he owns, there you go. Owns the Phoenix oh. Suns and the WNBA Mercury. Damn. The privilege. Mm. The privilege mm. of all that damn ownership and money and leadership. Oh God. Anyway, mm-hmm. that goes to show that just because people have money doesn't make them have morals. Yeah, he's a freak. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there you go. You said it. All right. Mm. 
Okay. All right. After all of that, we need a cocktail. Yes, please. Well, what what are you serving up tonight, Kel? (laughs) Uh, The cocktail is brought to you by DC Homegrown. Brought to you by DC Homegrown and our very own Kel. Take it away, Kel. Thank you very much. Uh, it is called the siesta. The siesta. Ooh. We Sounds have like uh, tequila. Tequila, your favorite juice, Papa Didi, uh, grapefruit, and we have um, Campari. Um, so two ounces or two and a half ounces, whichever you prefer, ounces of tequila blanco. Uh, Three fourth ounces of fresh lime juice. Three fourth ounces of simple syrup. A half an ounce of Campari. Uh, everybody knows what Campari is, correct? Uh, right. It's, right, it's a liqueur. Um, also, half an ounce of fresh grapefruit juice and a lime wheel for serving. So, we're going to combine the tequila, lime juice, simple syrup, Campari, and grapefruit juice in a cocktail shaker. Fill shaker with ice, of course. Cover and shake vigorously until outside of the shaker is very cold. So, about 20 seconds. Um, also, then we'll strain the cocktail from a Hawthorne strainer or a slotted spoon into a chilled coupe glass, garnished with a, a lime wheel. And that is the siesta. It's very refreshing. So, enjoy. That is the All cocktail right. of the week. Mm-hmm. I'm just making notes. That's the fiesta. Okay. Okay. All right. Sounds good to me. Sounds good. All right. It's a siesta. Siesta with the F. Oh, siesta. I thought it was a yes. fiesta, like a party. No. Siesta. S-I-E-S-T-A. <laughs> okay. Got it. Got it. Okay. Make a note right. of it now. <laughs> I-, I got it. Siesta All with right. an S. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, sounds delicious. Yeah, we needed that right about now. All right, mm-hmm. and that'll take us right into what's popping with Papa Didi. What's popping, mm-hmm. Papa Didi? I know you got something going on. Yeah, there. I had a few things. Um, what's the worry? You didn't have to make go for it. Hmm. I tell you what. Uh, I'm just trying to figure out today the whole cancel culture of things, you know? Mm. You know how people just getting canceled out like it ain't nothing. But how do you think that feels like uh, when family members do it? You know? Or think they're doing it. Let me put it that way. Okay, because can't nobody do nothing to you that you don't want done. And sometimes people don't realize how much strength that you possess or that you hold. You know what I mean? And people come at you in another way. You know, family members that are going through this will understand what I'm saying. You know, it's almost like people want you to walk the, the, the norm of what they perceive being norm in that family. You know? And, and just talk you know, talk all the bullshit conversations and and deal with all the bullshit people, 
you know, and everything else. But in your family, when you start seeing the bullshit for what it really is, you don't you don't speak on it, but you kind of back off. And now when people seeing you back off, they look at you like, kind of like, who do you think you are kind of thing, you know? Because now you have canceled out of going to a few affairs and things like that. You know, he's like, well, I'm not, I'm not going to be able to. Well, why you don't come to our such and such no more, right? And it's not like you don't go there, but you, you're looking at a couple of your brothers and sisters of being maybe straight ghetto, you know what I mean? Or just straight effed up, in so many words. As far as you're concerned, mm-hmm. I don't mean effed up to society, but effed up as far as you knowing them since y'all were both children. You know what I mean? And you know what your mother and father both raised. And now you look at it, and it could be a cousin or a nephew or uncle or whatever, you know? And you look at them and saying, damn, I don't even recognize you. Whether it's an alcohol situation or a drug situation or anything that took you out of the rim of what we was raised as as children. And now as an adult, I'm seeing you and I'm not liking it. I'm not liking it at all. And you know that and they know that. But being your family, you got to keep this facade going of, you know, if we all get together at this affair, I'm going to see you, but deep down inside, I hate your fucking guts. You know what I mean? Not not on a level of hate, but just like, I ain't feeling you like that. No more. You know, because I didn't gave you a bunch of chances and you blew all of them. So sometimes, you know, you, you're kind of just, Rolling with the punches with it, you know, and it's a deep thing to be. And then when other family members figure out or find out where other family members are, then they want to side with other people. And and then you, if they're not siding with you, you kind of find yourself by yourself looking at other people. But you don't care because you know that you got the strength that you have, so you're not worried about that. And I don't know whether that's making sense or people think I'm talking in circles, but not at all. Because, you know, I'll be honest with you. Sometimes I look at my own family, but I see it in a lot of families, you know. I see I see the nieces not getting along with the uncles, the aunts. It's like the chain of command is so destroyed. You know what I mean? I always thought that life and family should be like a poker game, you know. Four of a kind beats three of a kind. A full house beats three of a kind, you know? Mm-hmm. Four of a kind beats a full house. A straight flush, and that's all the level as it goes up on who's who on the hierarchy or the ancestry level. But I got news for you, man. Cousins and, and nieces and nephews, they're telling the aunts and uncles to kiss their ass today. And it's crazy. You know? Children not respecting the parents. I mean, it's just you know, and I'm gonna leave it. I'm gonna leave it there. But just just mull over that and put on the on the back simmer on the on the oven and, and compare it to your own life, your own family, your own cousins, your own nieces and nephews and shit. And just dig what I'm saying for a minute. It's, it's pretty heavy to okay. me anyway. And I'm gonna leave it at that. <clears throat> All right, that's some heavy stuff to think about. For sure. Mm-hmm. Alright, mm. I guess we gotta lighten it up now. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna be in and put on my wow. almost heavy. Yeah, it's that time. Lighten it up. 
Lighten it up. <laughs> yeah. That that was some heavy stuff though. Think about that. Mm. All right, well oh oh gosh, I got this one. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> oh, weird news. Uh I've got the naked carpenter has been jailed again after exposing himself just hours after being released. Uh, this man can't help himself. A man branded as the naked carpenter has been jailed after he was caught wearing see-through pants to a police station just hours after he had been released. Robert Jenner from Maidstone is a proud naturist. I guess that's the same as a nudist and has been in trouble with the law in the past for his insistence on going around in the buff. Uh, The 49-year-old has now been convicted for breaching a criminal behavior order, which meant he had to wear at least two layers of clothes to prevent him from exposing his genitalia. It was imposed back in 2019 at Canterbury Crown Court. Oh, this is over in London or something at Canterbury Crown Court to try and curb his behavior. Now, in order to get around that order, Jenner arrived at the police station on January 12th wearing see-through pants and a mesh thong with D.C. Oh, with D.C. Melanie Bolt and P.C. Uh, Sinawa recalling that they saw everything as he arrived. During the trial, the court heard that the incident happened on the same day that he had been released from prison for a large number of of, um, um, offenses for exposure. So he keeps on doing it. Um, The person defending him, named Doherty, said, he still believes that the top he had been wearing in the police station covered his his uh, stuff. So this guy's a former soldier. Maybe that explains it. Okay. He's a former soldier, and he claimed that it was a breach of his human rights to force him to wear clothes. Oh, boy. Okay. Got a nut. He's special. He said he admits that he did not wear underpants during his shifts as a delivery driver and that he had actually cut a hole in the crotch. Hmm. This man Mm is special. Honest and and special. (laughs) Yes. He's special. Uh, So, yeah, that's what's going on with the naked carpenter. Mm, mm, mm. Okay, naked carpenter. They gave him a year in prison, but I don't know. I I wonder what if he wears in prison. Yeah, that's true. Wow. Mm, mm, Well, mm. that's my weird news. Okay. Oh, who's up next? Oh, Kettle, you got the cryogenic story. Go ahead, Kettle. What you got? Is that what? Okay, I was gonna, I was gonna give some help on that one. The cryogenic Kelly frozen model of Sylvester Stallone has been unearthed in an antique shop in Australia, and if you can afford it, you can, you can buy it. It's yours. Mm. So why would you actually want to buy a latex dummy? Uh, the Hollywood movie star is anyone's guess, and given that it costs six thousand dollars, it's uh, probably best not to know what someone um, willing to pay that much will do. Okay, they're gonna do with the 
Okay, part. Um, this yeah. incredible find was unearthed by artist uh, Bea Bellingham, who um, posted her discovery onto Instagram with the caption, Antiquing in Cataumba, looking for weird things. It did not disappoint. <laughs> what it it what what in the actual what f <laughs> internet uh, experts quickly identified it as a prop from the movie Oh Demolition Man, where Stallone plays a cop who um, gets sentenced to be um, whatever frozen thing until he's thawed out to catch Wesley Snipes, bad guy. Well, I remember that later. I do, too. Bellingham later confirmed on Instagram that it really was a dummy of Stallone from the 1933, 1993 movie. And um, as for the state, the dummy, it had no wing, which is either fortunate or unfortunate, depending on <laughs> your intentions for it. What? Um, <laughs> how this thing ended up inside an antique store in Australia is anyone's guess. But the most likely explanation is that uh, it's been a while uh, suspended above people's heads in the in the Sydney branch of the Planet Hollywood. Oh, okay. Wow. Maybe they just got rid of it and sent it to the antique shop. Wow, it's crazy. Okay. So yeah. uh, I take it. Sylvester Stallone from Demolition Man. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of his, his breakout role, I guess, you know. And my boy Wesley Snipes in it, too. Yeah, okay. that was a good look. Okay, we're going to keep it moving. Keep rolling with the weird. Over you, Papa Diddy. What you got uh, for us tonight in weirdness? So y'all give me a family story, huh? Oh, you got a family keep story? Keep me in the family. All right, here we go. This family brawl was uh, erupted over cheese and a can, ended up in the taser and the rest. Okay. okay, now, this is, I guess I was kind of just talking about this. <laughs> Penny, petty family arguments can erupt over anything, even cheese. However, it might be a good idea to ensure those arguments remain petty and don't erupt into an all-out brawl. All right, now, a family in Louisiana didn't heed that warning when West Monroe police had to be called and dispatched to their residence over a call over a disturbance. Once the police officers had finally made contact with the family, they soon became aware that what was started as a little squabble turned into violence. Wow. One of the family members told the police officer that their 19-year-old sister, Princess Ariana Williams, wow, what a name. <laughs> anyway, she has, she has struck them several times. According to uh, WTVZ uh, NBC News, the argument began over a can of spray cheese. You know, cheese sprays out a can? Oh, yeah. Yeah, according to police, one of the family members claimed that they were struck in the stomach several times by Williams. So she took direct aim at somebody's (laughs) stomach with some cheese, and that shit come out hard out of that can. Anyway... (laughs) The 19-year-old then allegedly chased the victim around the yard with a taser. What? Yes, a taser over cheese in a can. Now, hey, one person got a can of cheese, the other person got a taser. What the hell? We're assuming the cheese involvement 
Must have been some real high-end stuff to warn a taser. That cheese stings, and they hit him in the stomach. Anyway, I'm not defending people, but anyway. It's nasty. Williams defended, Williams defended herself to the police and advised that the family member weren't telling the truth. She claimed that she never struck the victim. Mm. However, she was placed under arrest and taken to the... Uh, <laughs> to the Monroe Police Monroe Control Center where she was charged with simple battery and assault. The moral of the story is don't mess with the family cheese spray. Wow. I was just I was just saying that inadvertently about how that family, the family could really be volatile, man. And this ain't got nothing to do with cheese. This has got to do with behavior of people through the years and who don't like who, and that could be heavy. How do you just bring out the taser? Okay. Okay, well, that's why it's the weirdness, because it's weird. All right, well, thank you for that one. Um, Let's see. I guess we're going to keep rolling. We're not taking any questions tonight, so shall I proceed and go right into uh, I'm Just Saying? Yeah, go into your I'm Just Saying. Okay. This one... um, I don't know, this has just been sort of a heavy topic, but I had to talk about this one. So tonight, I'm just saying, everybody matters. Now, this this story is about a woman in Louisiana. Uh, The police, well, she was working, I won't say working, she was, uh, what do you call it, informant. She was an informant in Louisiana. So the police outfitted her with a tiny microphone and a hidden camera and sent her into this dilapidated drug house on a chilly afternoon. This was last year. She was supposed to go in this house and buy some meth from a known dealer uh, who was known by the name Mississippi on the streets. So she, like I said, being an informant, she had previous crimes and whatever, and she was a drug user. So she was trying to, you know, however they call that working off, you know, trying to get some reduced time or something by being an informant for the police. This is where the problem comes in. Now, the woman goes into this house, and the law enforcement handlers just left her undercover on her own, unprotected, unmonitored, and what they call in real time. So the device that they put on her to record was not recording like in real, I guess it was recording in real time, but they weren't watching it like on a direct feed. It was just sending the information to a machine or something, and they had planned on looking at it, you know, later. So they weren't watching the recording as it was recording. That's what I'm trying to say. So this woman is in there. They're not watching. They don't have her back. Turns out the person, this guy Mississippi, uh, not only being a drug dealer, but the man was brutal and crazy, and he raped her twice while she was in this house. Now, all this time she's in this house, he basically he forced her to perform oral sex on him, and as I said, he did this twice. Now, the police are sitting out wherever they are, down the street, across, whatever. They watched another person go in the house and a few minutes later come back out of the house. So in their mind, they assumed, oh, everything is okay. 
because somebody else came in and went out, so they're making the assumption she's good. He's threatening her, telling her, if you don't do what I say, you're going to end up in the hospital or worse. So she performed the act that he wanted her to perform, and all the while, all this stuff is being recorded for the police. And they're not seeing it in real time. So this woman is in there at the mercy of this dude, Mississippi. The police ain't watching for her. And I'm saying, everybody matters. Why would you treat people, her or anybody else, like this? How are you going to send her in there just like a, a, a sacrificial pawn to say, well, you you got to do this because, you know, you're an informant and we'll knock off some time or whatever the deal was. So they just send her in there. That's like throwing somebody to the wolves. And then she got abused like this simply because this stuff wasn't being seen in real time. So nobody was protecting her. How are you going to be sent in there to help the cops? And nobody's watching her back. This is disgusting, and they should be ashamed of themselves. And you know what the sheriff said when he found out about this whole thing? He said, oh, you know, that's the way we've always done it. We don't really do the look at it in real time, but we've always done it. That You know, that's just what we do. You know, we work with the informants, and it's been like that for a long time. How the hell does that make it right? Just because you've done it that way a long time doesn't make it right. Y'all need to fix that. Nobody should ever have to put their life on the line because they're trying to knock down some of their sentence or something. And they have to go through that? Who's going to help her get right? That's a traumatic thing. She ain't going there looking for all that. She did what that cop asked her to do. And then she got assaulted like that. That is a horrible thing, and I hope she sues everybody affiliated with that. And now that department's talking about, well, we need to do some retraining. I don't want to hear the retraining bullcrap anymore. Every time somebody gets busted for doing something stupid, first thing they say is, oh, well, you know, we got to retrain. It's the, We got to train people, you know, give them a new way of doing it. Y'all should have been done that. Nobody should have to walk into a situation like that and the cops aren't seeing what's going on. I'm, I'm so disgusted with this, and this was down in Louisiana. Those people need to be shot in the butt. And one of the cops involved in that retired or resigned, one of the two, right after this incident happened. I'm like, yeah, you better run. Because they should have nailed him for being involved in it. But I'm just, my point is, everybody matters. I don't care if you're a drug addict, if you're a criminal, if you're an informant, a snitch, whatever you want to call it. Everybody matters. Nobody should be treated like trash like they treated this woman. And that's all I'm saying. All right. All right. Right here. I hear you, everyone. Ooh, that's a lot. Mm. And see, Kettle, like you said, this is the kind of stuff that makes people come back down to the police station and start shooting up mm-hmm. folks. Yeah. You know, it doesn't justify it, but it's just why people do it. You know, people always ask why, but these things that happen. Exactly. You know, because oh, you know, stuff happens like mm-hmm. that, you know, you you have to expect that she's going to have some mental issues to deal with. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 You're so right. That's why so much mental mental health 
is, you know, is going on, you know, mental issues. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody, you know, people just get, yeah, people just get sick and tired of the same thing, you know. Yeah, so. it's too much. <clears throat> Something has right, to change. Yeah, they need to fix that. And I don't want to hear yeah. about retraining. Mm. Get rid of the people that yeah. were involved. How about we start there? Wow, yeah, that's a good one. True that. Mm-mm. You all right over there, Papa? Mm-hmm. Well, it's time for a Hollywood roundup. <laughs> Hollywood rapper. I'm about to rename it. Hollywood rapper. Uh-oh. All right, can we get the intro, Papa Diddy? <laughs> you ready? Well, intro? Yeah, Hollywood rapper. Come Let's on. go. Come on with it. I'm ready. Hollywood. Ba 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 Hollywood. All Take right. Take it away. Take it away. Oh, change a little bit. Um, well, <laughs> I hope I am Okay, there's a there's a lot going on. I hope I'm pronouncing this young lady's name correctly because she's off the chain. Quinta Brunson. Um, she's an American writer, producer, comedian, and actress. Um, she is the creator of, of Abbott Elementary um, on the Emmys uh, this past Monday. That particular show received three Emmys. Um, of course, um, your girl, uh, Papa Shirley Ralph, um, she mm. got it for Best Supporting Actress in a comedy Yay. series. Um, also, Quinta Brunson, um, she received awards for writing, and they also received an award for um, Best Comedy. Also, so kudos to them. Um, also, uh, the White Lotus, um, uh, a gentleman by the name of Mike White, he created that series, and they won ten Emmys. Um, yeah, yeah, they got quite a bit of Emmys. Best TV series, supporting actress. Um, Best Director, uh, Best Writing. Um, and it's interesting, uh, The White Lotus, I, I might have to start checking it out. It's an American comedy drama anthology television series, like I say, created by Mike White. Um, it follows the guests and employees of this fictional White Lotus resort chain whose uh, stay becomes affected by uh, their various um, dysfunctions of the um the, uh, you know, people that are guests. So the first season is set in Hawaii, and the second season, which they have already, you know, signed on for the second season, um, uh, Sin City. So uh, it'd be interesting. I, like I said, I might just start checking it out. Win 10 awards like that. Hey, something is going on. Something's good. So Yeah, maybe. Yeah, so maybe we'll check it out. Also, in other Hollywood news, unfortunately, uh, uh, R. Kelly, he was found guilty guilty on six counts of child pornography. Um, An an Illinois federal jury has found this disgraced singer, R. Kelly, guilty on six counts of sexual exploitation and enticement of a minor in a case stemming from the complaints of several women who alleged that um, he lured them um, into sex acts. Um, They were underage and accusations that Kelly conspired to intimidate and bribe witnesses and cover up the evidence and abuse. Um, Wow. 
sentence and came on the second day of deliberations and came one year after Kelly was convicted in New York on charges of federal racketeering and sex trafficking. He's, he's, uh, he was sentenced uh, 30 years. So um, I guess people are saying, I guess it's about time, you know, to finally get R. Kelly and all his, you know, stuff. But I just hope nobody else, no other female comes out and say, okay, you know, uh, he didn't do these things and yada, yada, yada. I mean, be guilty, yeah. be guilty. So, you know, the writing's on the wall. That's how I feel. Um, also, Aretha Franklin, she's back in the news. Aretha Franklin's unsealed FBI file proves her uh, civil rights activism was tracked. On uh, a 270-page document features reports on the singer from more than 12 U.S. states and focuses on her friendship with Martin Luther King, as well as death threats made against her. Wow. Uh, newly declassified FBI file on Franklin has proven that the uh, Bureau extensively tracked the late thing of civil rights activism. Uh, like I said, the 270-page document. Um, I was like, wow. The document, mm. which is available to view, oh, shows that Franklin was monitored ahead of and around her appearances at civil rights movement events, including the um, NAA, um, NAACP, um, the people in the Southern Christian Leader Conference, and, um, you know, different events uh, dealing with um, civil rights. These events took place um, in late 60s in Atlanta and Memphis, uh, Tennessee. So um, I'm like, come on, y'all. I mean, she's just saying. That's all. She she not wow. doing nothing else. She's just saying. I mean, you know, they. it's sad that they, saying the white folks, were threatened by Aretha Franklin. Come on now. Mm-hmm. The Queen of Soul? Come on now. How can you be threatened by that? I mean, she's just singing for MLK. That's all you want, want her to sing. I mean, even though she was involved in some, some you know, civil rights movements and politics, so what? But uh, don't be scared. Okay. Also, um, yeah, Sherry Shepard and uh, Jennifer Hudson, they um, debuted their their shows, uh, talk shows. Sherry Shepard wants her new show to be um, your escape from the doom and gloom. She wants to, um, you know, not be like Wendy Williams or like the view what she was on. She just wants you know, her show to be refreshing and, you know, the people to escape uh, from day-to-day stuff. Um, Now, I did get a glimpse on the Jennifer Hudson show. It debuted on her birthday, which was pretty cool. Simon Cowell was her first guest, and uh, later on he bought her uh, a cake, bought her cake out. So that was pretty nice. But, um, you know, he was just saying how much he admired her and vice versa. So, I mean, that was a pretty good show. I enjoyed that. Um, like I said, I didn't get a chance to see the Sherry Shepherd show, but Jennifer Hudson was, was pretty good, so I enjoyed that. Um, and also our hometown girl, Regina Hall, she's on um, Elle magazine. She's on the cover, and I'm quite sure it's an interesting story as well in that uh, magazine, um, Elle, E-L-L-E. Um, and, of course, her movie came out um, last couple of weekends ago. Um, Honk for Jesus. The reviews are kind of mixed, but, you know, you can see it in the theater or you can stream it on Peacock. 
So, and also two unfortunate deaths. Uh, Jesse Powell, he died at 51. Um, he's a singer, and Ramsey Lewis, he died um, 87. I believe he died today. Is that correct, uh, Rick? I believe so. I'm okay. not sure if it was today or yesterday, but it was recent. Right. If it was, well, let's see. It's Friday, so this was must have happened around the middle of the week, Tuesday, Wednesday. I think Ramsey Lewis died on Tuesday. Tuesday. Okay. I think Powell died. Powell probably died on Wednesday. Wednesday. Mhm. Okay. Everybody knows Ramsey Lewis. I mean, one of the great pianists, and hey, hey, he collaborated with a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Just Powell had a he had a uh, falsetto that was unbelievable. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. What was the name of the song, um, Red Wine, that you mentioned? The Jesse Powell song. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Like I said, everybody knows the late great Ramsey Lewis. If you don't know, you better you know ask somebody. You better find out. So uh, yeah, yeah, that's my yeah, yeah, that's my Hollywood wrap up. All right. Well, thank you so much. That was a mm -hmm. lot of good info. This is a lot going on this week, I tell you. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, good info. Thank you, Cattle. Let's see. That takes us down to the kiss it list, Papa Dini. Mm-hmm. If you can tell everybody, what is the Kiss-It list? That's the Kiss-It list you want to avoid. Because <laughs> people just lost their mind, tripping out. First person I want to put on there is um, the guy that sells the pillows. What's his name? Oh, yeah. Mike uh, Lindell. Yeah. He's claiming the FBI took his phone. And he's... It's almost like he's a... a he wants to just be like Trump in every way. Scary. It's very scary. Yeah, that's frightening. They took my phone. Just like they did to him, they took my phone. Uh, I'm like, really? Did they really? Or are you just looking for some attention? Or Now he's not selling pillows. Now he's selling slippers. And Oh, my God. Didn't they subpoena him? I don't know. I'm not following his life. Come on. I don't know. He's a pillow guy. Really? Come on. Yeah, he needs to go and... Never mind, I was going to say something mean, so I'm not going to do that. Uh, also, we got uh, Alina Haba, that's that racist lawyer, and they're getting pumped up to rap lyrics, being totally insensitive to the black employees she did have. All of that acting foolish, that was just crazy. Uh, Papa Didi's boy from the Phoenix Suns, Robert Sarver, Oh, God, I'm really shocked on that. Yeah. I've seen that man a lot. Well. He's on a very popular team, a good team that goes to the playoffs, finals every year. Well, he's on the racist freak list now. Who knew he carried <laughs> N-word in his back pocket? Yeah. You never know. Also, I want to add uh, the state of New Jersey. Uh-oh. For this whole paper bag, reusable bag thing. Yeah, what is up with that? They they That's are weird. going. I saw that article and I thought, what what is happening there? I don't understand. You know, first they were doing plastic, and then everybody said that's bad for the earth. Mm -hmm. So they got rid of the plastic. 
and then they started doing paper bags, and then they what? They got rid of the paper bags. They said the paper bags got to be reusable. Now, what does that mean exactly? Well, you know, the problem right now that they're having is that the reusable bags, they've got so many of them that they're not really biodegradable, and they don't know what to do with them. Some of those reusable bags, they're starting to pile up. I guess because people are really using their own reusable bags, and the stores had all these reusable bags to sell, mm-hmm. and people just aren't buying them. Nobody buying them because people they're really are using expensive. their own. Yeah, they're very expensive. Even you know, because everything is expensive. Because I was down at a um, allegedly wholesale place, and they were selling those little black bags that feels like a canvas. Mm-hmm. You know, the bags got out now there. Looked, like a little tote bag kind of yeah, thing? Yeah, it looked kind of like canvas Like a sack. It looked like a sack, yeah. Okay. And they were selling in the box. And those box, those bags end up being like 25 cents a piece. Mm-hmm. Wholesale. And the stores are trying to sell them to you for 50 cents. And these are little, I was in Jersey. These are little corner stores, convenience stores. You want a bag? I said, yeah, I'll take a bag. And she came back with my change. I said, well, how much was the bag? Mm-hmm. Oh, the bag was fifty cent. I fifty cent for one little carrying bag. I was like, you lost your mind. And it's small. Anyway. So yeah, they right, they're small list. and they're fifty cent a piece. So well, the biggest thing too, and I'll, I'll make it short. Everybody try to get into the biodegradable thing, but then people nowadays are trying to figure out how can I make money with this. Mm-hmm. It's not let me just put some paper bags out of the end of the thing. And grab them and do your shopping. No, everybody wants to make money somehow. And it's messing up the whole biodegradable situation. Yep. So, anyway. We'll, uh, the we'll last one I got thing. is Ed Lloyd, the guy who's representing that Fifth Third Bank, trying to say that we did the right thing and this lawsuit against us should be dropped. Dude, stop yeah. lying. Y'all got caught with your hand in the cookie jar. Just pay the price. And your boy from South Carolina, don't leave him out. Oh, Lindsey Graham. Lindsey Graham. Yeah. He's still talking that stuff. And then you got this lady, Vega. She's uh, running for office. She's in Virginia. Spanish woman, straight Spanish lady. Mm-hmm. And you would think that, and you could tell by the, her look and things like that, that she, she's not far from, you know, being, you know, a uh, a child of an immigrant, but she's so heavy into this abortion thing that it's, it's scary. I'm like, wow, it looks like you, your family's like, you know, two two sets uh, two sets of family off off the boat. Yeah. So you just got here, and all of a sudden you don't jump on the Trump bandwagon, and you just and to come out of a, a Hispanic person's mouth talking so very Caucasianist. It's scary. That's how they roll. Scary. That's everybody I've got. Anybody else, Kevin? Nope. Nope. All right. We got a special gift for everybody on this week's Kiss It list. Kiss my entire ass.
All right. Welcome back to the Pajama Party. I'm here with Papa D. I'm here with Kettle. Hello. Red wine. Bonsoir, darling. Uh, I had one last entry for the Kiss It list. Okay. The show <laughs> America Got Talent. Yeah. I, I mean, Couple days if ago. you yeah, if you didn't see the finale, what yeah. was that? Wednesday night. Wednesday night. If you didn't see you. that finale Wednesday night, I'm not even going to discuss who won, who won because but. I think the person, the, the 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 act that won, they were just all right. I'm going to leave it at that. Yeah. Okay. But one thing I did see on there that you would notice, and it was the brother that played the saxophone. Yeah, he was good. During the, during the elimination, if you notice what I saw on Wednesday night, he got eliminated, and the country group was pushed to the next level of voting. And he was walking past, the, you know, the three girls that sang country, the big girl in the middle? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was walking past them because he was up against them in that category. So he's walking by them to walk on backstage. As he's, as he's walking by her, you know, they were hyping them up, the, the three country girls. She actually pushed him out the way. I guess he was blocking her camera view, and she just, like, shoved him. He turned around looked at her, and I just want to say that, you know, all of y'all are amateurs, but that country group was getting all the hype, those three black girls, yeah. but y'all ain't no stars yet, and why are you pushing the brother? He plays the hell of a saxophone, and you might be working with him one day, even though you kissing country ass right now, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, it, it was just deep. He you was get, good on that saxophone. When you see the I show during the elimination thing, watch how that big girl... In that country group pushes that saxophone brother out of her camera view. Yeah, if you missed it, was, it live on Wednesday night, look it was, for it, it on uh, YouTube or something. I'm like, you, I ain't gonna go there. Yeah. Anyway, but I just want to say, uh, yeah, last be word. safe, everybody. Uh, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you. Uh, talk to you next week. Okay. And my last word is: let us all remember that everybody matters. Everybody counts. It doesn't matter what you have, what you've done, or who you are. You still matter, and people need to treat people fairly because everybody matters, and that's all. That's my last word. Kettle, what's your last word? Well, my last word is is, is going to be a music selection, but uh, if you guys don't know about Ramsey Lewis, you guys need to get hips on it. Um, Check out The Headhunters uh, by uh, Ramsey Lewis. I'm sorry, my bad. Herbie Hancock, my bad. Yeah, he teamed up with Herbie Hancock on that one. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's it. Oh, I do remember that. He was with it with that. Yeah, Chameleon. That was was one of my favorites. Yeah. Yeah. And Sun Goddess. Yeah, but check out Ramsey News. If you guys know more about him, check check him out. He was was, was a favorite. He was good. That's my last word. Life will live. All right. Well, thanks for listening to the show tonight, hanging out with us. Uh, We'll be back again next Friday night when we do it all over again with a brand new show, freshly picked right out the garden. So we're going to say good night, and we're going to get out of here. Everybody everybody done? Yeah. Last uh, word. Let's go out with a... What's the boy's name? Uh, Jesse Powell. Oh, okay. You got something on Jesse Powell? Yeah. Okay, go for it.
Come on, we don't have it queued up the way we normally would, but yeah, we 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 rather. All right, Jesse Powell, may he rest in power. Let's let's bring it up to the course a little bit. Good young brother with a good voice has come to pass. Jesse Bow, oh, fifty-one yeah. years old. I remember that song. Yep, yep. All right, man. What a tenor! What a he hit notes in that song that was so high it was unbelievable. He sure did. Um, he hit that word. When you. he got to that baby, you, you, you and he would just take that you. thing on up. <laughs> okay, and Ramsey Lewis. Mm. Um, yeah, Kenny Starter also passed this week. <laughs> One of the attorneys oh. from uh Yeah, Ken Starr. Yeah, he prosecuted yeah. uh the Clintons. Clintons. Yeah, he was he was rough on the yeah. Clintons. Yeah. Yeah, and he, he also was. defended he defended Donald Trump, so he's a yeah. straight Republican. But God rest his soul, whatever he represented, yeah. you know. Yeah. You are what mm-hmm. you are and you do what you do. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. All right. Say good night. We all saying good night now. No more music. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yep. All right. <laughs> I thought you were gonna pull up some Ramsey Lewis, but all right, we'll let it go. So everybody has way to go on their own. Oh, now you're gonna sing it. Way okay. Sway Okay. Okay. On that note, we'll say good night. <laughs> we'll see everybody next Friday night. Then we all say good night. Good night, everybody. Good night. All right, we're out. Initiating shutdown sequence. Is it all over, Rock? I guess so. I bid you farewell, Arabatechi, Sayonara, and all that sort of cheers. Well, when you, I say when you gotta go, you gotta go. Well, good night. Dabiko, Sana. I regret to announce this is the end. I'm going now. Good night and good luck. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Now give me a kiss and say good night. Good night. Good night. Thank you. Goodbye now. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you. Goodbye. Thank you for attending our show. And good night.